Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question... Should I buy it, though? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I am... I am the Final Fantasy... I am the integrate. I am the intermission. Mm. I am the Nick. Yeah. <laughs> that was solid. Oh, Hi, uh, TJ Barry here, and um, I guess I am the cloud? Hey. <laughs> I am the gun blade, even though they don't exist. No, that was, that was the eighth one, TJ. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know they don't exist yet, but I'm still the gun blade. TJ the gun blade! Ha- anyway. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I love the optimism. Hi, my name is Austin Adams, and I just, I really identify as both the left and right boob of Tifa Lockhart. I am <laughs> so sorry. Like, oh, no. though, it's, it's powerful. It's so powerful. It's feminism to me. I don't care what anyone says. She is out there beating ass while also still looking good as hell. That is my girl, Tifa. Hell yeah. Yeah. uh, In case you guys didn't know, we are reviewing Final Fantasy VII Remake as well as Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, which came out this past week. New Uh, Girl. Yes, exactly. The PS5, uh, I guess remaster you could call it, of the remake of Final Fantasy VII. And graphics upgrade. That's right. In case you guys didn't hear as well, we have a guest on with us, with me and TJ today, and that is Austin. Yay! Oh my god, thank you so much for having me. I am big fan. I, um... Wow, ironic. I have my own podcast called Big Fan. Did not mean to say that. Please <laughs> plug uh, away, yes. Plug in the Big Fan podcast. Yeah, look us up on Spotify. Um, anyway, no, but for real, <laughs> such a big fan. Um, long-time nerd. Been playing video games since I was a youngin'. Um, so just really excited to be here. Um, talk about nerdy shit. Um, and, like, I don't know. Feel good about it. Feel proud about it. Be like, yeah, this is what I love. And we have shit to say about it. Absolutely, yeah. I knew Austin was a big Final Fantasy uh, big. fan, yeah. So that's why I'm like, hey, you gotta come on the show. Yeah, Here Square Enix in general. I mean, come on. When you d- guys did the Kingdom Hearts episode, I was all over that. I literally, so funny. I listened to that while I was in the shower. Like I was really, like, okay. I was like, I was like, play. I was playing it outside the shower, and I was listening to all the opinions. And there was Nick being the singing the gospel of it as he was that one was a nail biter i think that just barely got a you should buy it so yeah hopefully this one doesn't follow that path of barely winning we'll we'll see we'll Uh, see what happens right (laughs) but anyway yeah final fantasy 7 i want to start with the meat of the remake before we get into dlc integrate content just how do we like the base game in general which came out a year ago uh, in case you guys at home don't know, this is the remake of the much-beloved game, Final Fantasy VII. came out in 1997, critically acclaimed. Everyone loves mm. it. And then they remade it, came out last year, and it I think it is also wonderful. Um, believe it or not, it, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is actually one of my favorite games of all time now. Uh, absolutely fell in love with it last year, if that doesn't give away my vote. But um, it, I think it's amazing on all levels, story, gameplay, yeah. uh, tech. But I do want to start with some of the technical elements, how the game looks, how the game sounds, 
all of this stuff before we get into the meat of the gameplay and the story. So for me, this is one of the best games I've ever seen <laughs> when no, I played No explanation it. needs to be given. You're just like, it is what it is, that, and I'm my word. Yes, goes. it's Sorry. gorgeous. This is the first time in a game I really noticed lighting, especially. A, a lot of the lighting effects kind of... Yeah. Um, there's that one scene after the bombing run where you're like in these caverns and lights kind of like bleeding through and everything. Um, everything looks amazing. Looking up at the plates and you could see like the, yeah. the big lights oh up gosh. there. The sense of scale. Yes, the sense of scale. They do really, really mm-hmm. well in this game. Um, and and uh, without getting ahead of myself, <laughs> music is a huge, of course, huge I was, yeah, part of this game. That's yeah. that's big part of it for me too. Like that is that's one of the bigger things I noticed as well because. Um, in general, like just to give myself a general label, I love a JRPG uh, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. And if you know, audience listening, you know that story, um, big part of game. It's just, it's just how it is. Um, and music is so central to that. It is, it is just so grand and epic. And don't know how to say his last name, but Uematsu. Oh, Nobuo Uematsu. Yep. Okay, thank you. Yes, uh, composer. That that old chap. Yes, uh, classic composer for the Final Fantasy series in general. Um, but just such amazing work. The fact that this is one of the games in the series that like has its own theme because there's the general Final Fantasy theme that we all kind of know. Um, but then this game has its own, and so I mean, it's just that much more special. I mean, come on. And no, the fact that. This is all, for the most part, there's some new tracks in there. Music that we all know and love from the original game. And yet it has its own identity. Like, it has literally 20 uh, tracks of the same damn battle theme. And they all sound different and unique and special in their own right. And that, to me, is just masterful. They were able to pull that off. Because people were going to be picking apart everything when it comes to this game. Particularly the music. And they nailed it in every aspect, I think. Yeah, How about no, you, TJ? I, what did you think about some of that stuff? Yeah, no, for sure. They definitely hit it out of the park when it came to music. But that's what you expect, because people have been listening to the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack for, like, decades. So if they didn't, it would be a problem. Absolutely. And all, all the character models look gorgeous. Um, oh, so yeah. good. Tifa I mean, looks amazing. Tifa looks great. Everyone looks so good. I I mean, I think one thing that everyone tends to always look for in a good character model, um, but I'm also going to say specifically in, like, Square Enix titles, is the hair. Like, how good (laughs) does the hair look? And I think um, they really took a good stance on, like, going for realism while also remaining stylized because obviously you look at cloud stripes hair not a normal hairdo we've all seen a bad cosplay of it it never looks great on a real human yet somehow (laughs) he looks just as sexy as ever immaculate (laughs) immaculate their skin oh my god (laughs) beautiful every single drop the skincare routine especially barrett just gorgeous (gasps) yes oh my gosh Um, but you touch on something that I want to bring up when it comes to sound is this sense of kind of realism mixed in with their very stylized anime selves. Ooh, I heard okay. that in the voice acting as well, which I think is kind of top notch in my opinion. Um, okay. They do 
a mix of like, yeah, you still got this anime JRPG style of voicing things, mm-hmm. but yet the voice work seems so grounded in like a, a, a realism almost that you buy into these characters and what they're doing and you connect with them. We'll talk more about that in story, of course, but mm-hmm. the voice acting and the sound goes a long way with, with sort of helping that yeah. concept, I think, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about because just based on what Final Fantasy VII is, um, at its core, it is a grand, big-ass story. Um, yeah. I mean, this is literally just part one of a remake of an original game that took two discs on the original PS1, um, and they're taking their time on this one. So if it's anything, it's a grand, big story. And with that, it's very easy for your dialogue and for the human aspect of a story like that to run away from you just because it is so big and the balance you know what i mean striking a balance is really difficult because it can easily become about these grand elements and lose its very intimate feel Mm -hmm. but i agree with what you're saying like i never thought about it but when i think of the story i think to myself yeah it's a super intimate tale of like five how many people are in the party to start uh for part one here is like five four four five five because red five yeah okay five five yeah okay cool yeah yeah yeah. but i know exactly what you mean because the characters and their relationships i think grounded a little more it is this grand tale this grand story we'll get there with story but the relationships between the characters really bring it back to that place of okay this is a human story as well you know well not Mm -hmm. just human there's also a rat dog thing but (laughs) that's british Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, anything else with tech that you guys noticed before we jump into maybe gameplay first? Mom, not really. No, nope. I, I mean, cover. it's a gorgeous game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to like bring it up, the the upscaling of that beautiful, beautiful door from the original that had the oh the, the awful texture the door. That, ev- that everyone that everyone oh. noticed. And then when it like came out, people were taking screenshots of that quicker than like any sort of like awesome action shot that they could have. They were like, look, the door is fixed. Yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about, in the Sector 7 portion of the game, which is very early on, Cloud goes to like a motel that he stays at, and the door there that he goes into his little hotel room looks horrible compared to everything else. In like the original game. base game. In in the very yes, good good point. Original game, not integrate, just the PS4 vanilla version that came out a year ago. It looks terrible, all blurry and shit. <laughs> they clearly they had to cut a couple corners to make it look as good as it yeah. does. Yeah, textures well as it overall does. was a, were a little. Yeah, eh. some of the textures were kind of dodgy, but in the new integrated version of it on the PS5, it's completely fixed. It is a gorgeous looking door, uh, immaculate wooden door. It's a it's amazing. I mean, what can I say? I I go to bed thinking about that door now. You know. I mean, how could you not? If that was the door that Jack and Rose were on in Titanic, they would have lived. I would die on that door, gladly. I, w- I wouldn't leave anywhere. I'd just stay on that door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's go ahead and jump into gameplay, um, which is extremely different in this game from the original Final Fantasy VII. In mm-hmm. 1997 Final Fantasy VII, it's a turn-based RPG, like most JRPGs are. You take a turn, then another character takes a turn, then the enemy takes a turn, then you take a turn again. It's a kind of a slow process. It's yeah. not for everyone, uh, but there is some value in it. Meanwhile, you're equipping different materia, uh, different 
weapons, all this stuff. But in Final Fantasy VII Remake, you see sort of a mixture of the original game and I guess Kingdom Hearts in a way with real-time action. Yeah. Um, you're you're beating people up in real time, swinging that Buster Sword around, right? Fuck them kids! Um, but yeah, you have this <laughs> ATB system where you could sort of stop the action when one of your ATB bars fills up in the bottom left corner. You could hit the X button, which brings up a list of abilities, spells, items, and it slows all the action down. Uh, so it's not really real time anymore. Everything's slowed down. You get to select what ability you want to use. So you could cast fire or you could use one of your special moves. You could use a high mm-hmm. potion. Um, and that's where it sort of feels like, oh, this kind of is like turn-based in a way because everything is slowed down. And it's yeah. giving me an opportunity to choose an ability here to uh, use against the enemies. But then as soon as you click it, it goes back into real time. Uh, you're fighting things, real action again. Um and every single character is unique, not just in the abilities they have, but their fighting styles as well. Mm-hmm. Cloud is a heavy sword user. Uh, he really swings that thing around. He has a heavy attack, a, a yeah. regular attack. Tifa is more of like a fighting game sort of character. She yeah, has pretty quick in style. Yes, very quick. She has her kicks. You could upgrade her kicks to to uh, be a little bit stronger. That's her unbridled mm-hmm. strength move. Then Barrett is sort of a distance. He uses his gun. Uh, yeah. Arm to as a weapon, you could uh, hit things in the air. A bunch of different styles for all these different characters. Exactly, it's a little overwhelming. Sometimes, and you can switch but... between characters during battle. So if you prefer yes. one style over the other, absolutely. Yeah, you could switch between them anytime you want. You could use abilities for those other characters while you're still controlling the yeah, like, cloud. So you exactly. can do things from a distance. There's a lot of different systems going on options, here. But, lots of yeah, options. Absolutely, and I think it's brilliant. At first, I'm like, oh, it's not the original turn-based system. They're not committing to one thing or the other. I would have been totally fine if it was just a complete action Kingdom Hearts experience. But mm-hmm. I was hesitant about this sort of mixture of the two. But as soon as I got my hands on it, I'm like, this is brilliant. So much so to the point where this is probably one of my favorite combat systems in any game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. It, it's really quite brilliant because of these options and these different unique uh, abilities and characters that you have at your disposal it's it's amazing what do you guys think yeah um i think it's well first of all i'm pretty sure that um the base game is very like hybrid in its style with the atb being what it is but i'm pretty sure you can lean more in one direction or the other based on like how you kind of set things up i'm pretty sure there's like an auto battle version where you can like do more turn-based Esque, though it is still real time where you're just kind of like choosing the actions that your characters perform and otherwise they're just kind of hacking and slashing at their own free will um but then you could go completely um real time without having the like slowdown of the atb which by the way i think is really cool for some like slow-mo like action sequences you can get some really cool visual moments mm-hmm. there um but anyway if you attach certain abilities to like shortcut buttons like oh you press down l1 and then tr- you know triangle and you get something um you don't have to necessarily go into that slow slow mode in atb um though it does deplete the atb gauge um so there's options like you said um to either be that hybrid or one or the other which i you know let the people choose i think that's a brilliant absolutely on their end 
um, there's a a classic mode. So when you hit like yes. easy, normal, hard, you can't choose hard right away. You have to beat the game first. But when you choose normal, you could do just the, how the game was made or normal classic mode, which allows it to be more like um, turn-based combat. When you hit the X button, everything freezes. You have as much time as you want to choose those abilities. So that's what makes it more, like you said, of that traditional style of game. Uh, or you could equip shortcuts to some of your abilities and spells. If you hit L1 triangle, you cast off fire immediately. Nothing slows yeah. down. You just keep it going. That's how I like to play. Uh, maybe I'm used to Kingdom Hearts where I have a yeah, bunch of shortcuts ready to Real-time babies. That's how but we entered the game. I don't know what to say. Exactly. Just keep the flow going. Keep it fast-paced. Come on. You know, let's go, you action. motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And... Um, it still brings back some of the stuff that you know and love from the original Final Fantasy VII with the Materia system. Those are the little orbs of life, planet essence that are different Ma- colors. But really, for the for the for your average man, that's just your ability slash magic. Exactly. So, like your green Materia, you could equip it to your character's weapons to allow you to cast cure or fire. Who would have um, thought? Yeah, some of them allow you to have the ATB gauge charge faster. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them do really funky special things like synergy materia that allows you to do like a double cast of fire or um, cast cure on all your party members in an area. There's some weird, cool combinations you could do with materia. It's just all about experimenting and um, combining different options here and there with all the different things that they give you one of yeah. my big complaints though about the game when it comes to tell materia, us Nick. just be it, honest i i have to complain about a couple what you really think is that there's no like material loadouts they might have fixed that at integrate if they did i haven't gotten there yet because i've only done the yuffie dlc but um in the original base game they didn't let you like save a set of materia that you wanted to use maybe for later you had to like manually switch everything up like go in say delete this one delete this one put in this new one this new one and Mm -hmm. that got to be a chore after a while like i I had fun thinking about it i love like strategy elements like that like okay what do i want to do now but it also would have been really convenient like okay i know this works for this situation let me just save that one like maybe have a boss loadout or have a an enemy loadout but it didn't really give you that option maybe they fix that integrate i don't know yet that that was one of my pretty much my only complaint about the gameplay i can't really think of anything else off the top of my head TJ, what did you think about gameplay? No, I actually like that aspect that you can go in and try stuff out. It reminds me of what was good about Final Fantasy X-2, even though people hate that game. Ugh. I, I like Myself it. included. <laughs> really? I feel like I've never played it. That's, uh, oh my god, what's his name? Titus? That's yeah. 10, but 10-2 Yeah, 10-2 is like... 10-2. Yeah, it okay. has to do with his, uh, his girlfriend and like her friends. Yuna. I enjoyed the game. With all the costume changes and all that other good stuff. Gotcha, um, okay. It doesn't feel fully like a Final Fantasy game, but I, I enjoyed it. But no, like, I enjoy the battle system in here. I definitely enjoy the fact that you can flip back and forth between, like, if you want to play traditional, you're just like, nah, I want to relive, like, my back-of-the-day Final Fantasy where I just, like, stand and I attack. Or if you can go more the Kingdom of Hearts route where you have, like, um, all of your stuff memorized, you can just attack. Or, like, even just, like, to help people adjust in between. Like, I didn't get it originally, but um, 
one of my good friends had it and he was playing it all throughout quarantine so i was just like watching the play and i was like oh this is really cool um till i got to pick it up for free earlier this year nice dang and one of the things I really like, too, when it comes to gameplay is um, you get a bunch of different weapons throughout the game for each character, and every single weapon has its own, um, I don't think like it's special, called Special attack. Grid. Uh, well, oh, special the, attack, okay. yes. That's true. Gotcha. Um, um, it's like a, what's it called? A web. The, like, the... Uh, like an ability tree, kind yeah, of? Yeah, that's literally what it is. Yeah, it's just an ability tree, kind of. But And you upgrade it as you go on, you gain points during battle, through leveling up, that sort of thing. Exactly, and there's tons of options there as well. You could increase HP or attack power for your weapons, uh, or they give you little special things like there's a bloodsucker move, I think, where if you defeat an enemy, you get HP back or something. A lot of Mm -hmm. different options in there, too, and each weapon sort of has its own specialty, like this weapon is used for strength, purely strength-based style. One is a magic weapon. One is sort of like a balance between the two. So y- you have the ability to choose what your fighting style is. Um, and Austin, you just mentioned this, but each weapon also has its own special move that you can unlock for that weapon. Has that was like one a of my proficiency bar. Yeah, you have yeah. to get that proficiency bar up to a hundred percent by using that move over and over again, yeah. and then you keep it permanently for all the weapons. Doesn't matter which yeah. one you're using. Once you unlock it, you have it forever. And that was always a fun thing to do of like oh what what move does this weapon have let, let me unlock that and now i have it permanently exactly and more than just like you using it x amount of times like it would have you do it it would have you utilize the move in a very specific way like it would say you have to ko x amount of enemies with this move or you know you have to use this move on this type of enemy um which i think is really good incentive and also like just getting giving your players tasks that are super specific and having them working towards something um a good way to like keep the keep the ball rolling in ways when the story might not be like if it's a little stagnant absolutely i think the gameplay carried those moments of i don't want to say filler but there was a couple chapters we could talk about where i'm like we're not doing a whole hell of a lot here, but the gameplay was so engaging that it got me through those chapters of I'm still having fun because all these systems that I'm interacting with here are mm-hmm. so unique and special, you know, which brings me to one more complaint, actually, that I just Let's remembered go. about gameplay. Air combat. Air combat sucks. I was going to say, I didn't use air combat you don't often unless you have like a couple <gasps> flying type enemies those one fuck the one fucking flying type enemies yep. yeah those mother oh my god they're, i could cuss up a storm on those bitches <laughs> they're so awful annoying and the ones that are like ranged yeah. so bad you could oh. do you, you could help yourself out by casting like a weakness against them most enemies do you assess them with a the yeah, material but that's You're all like, you can okay, do they're, they're weak to wind you cast wind and you don't have to worry about it or if you have barrett in your party he could just shoot them from a distance into the air that's no problem but if you're unfortunate enough to not have wind materia or not have barrett in your party you're gonna have to use aerial combat which is just cloud kind of zipping up to where the enemy is slashing at it like two times if it hits and him yeah. crashing all the way back down 
and you have to grind that out until you kill the enemy. So it's terrible. Those were some of the most like um, stagnant moments for me with like combat. Like I remember replaying multiple moments where that was occurring because those fuckers they like mm-hmm. they they go at you and then you're just down for the count and I'm like God and, damn it. I mean, and when you get to like some of the secret bosses like leviathan is an optional fight uh to get his summon he's pretty much in the air the entire yo help time. me out i haven't got that yet <laughs> oh, oh, oh spoiler <laughs> no i knew it was there because i've seen trailers like everyone else also it's been okay. a year i'm yeah. legit asking for help though <laughs> okay i will i, I think y- you gotta have barrett in your party honestly to make that even okay okay terrible. okay we'll talk about it we will. But, um, yeah, so aerial combat's not good. But I am happy to report that they do fix it a lot with Yuffie and her DLC, which is part of the Final Fantasy VII. They knew what they did. They knew how Doesn't they she have up. a ranged weapon? What? Isn't her weapon ranged? Yeah, absolutely. She has the, the ninja star that she could throw out and literally fight from a distance. And her DLC is purely I think meant to fine tune all the stuff that people complained about in the base game because I think she is the most fun to use her character is amazing when it comes to gameplay distance Which is fighting great, because uh, in the original Final Fantasy 7 she was like people hated her bro oh yeah hey, she's annoying hey. as hell but she, her gameplay and character much much better in this game I promise so um, I'm glad to see that that is probably going to continue in part two of remake. I hope because um, yeah, enemies that were in the air were actually fun to fight in the DLC, unlike the the vanilla version of the game. You know, um, but anything else in terms of gameplay that we might be missing, or you guys wanted to touch on, talk about? Ooh, uh, mm, I don't know. I just love. I mean. I'm I'm really going out for a cliche here, but like the gays, we love we love a magic type <laughs> character, and uh-huh. so Aerith Aerith is all I could ever want and more. When she when you eventually upgrade her to get I don't I forget which ability is it's like one of the weapon abilities that's like the beam of light. Oh God, absolutely queer magic. <laughs> <laughs> She's phenomenal. I I kind of honestly like that this game. Um, it, it sort of. This is going to sound bad. It forces you to play with very specific characters at very specific times because of story. But in some places, uh, when you have the whole party together, it doesn't allow you to say, like, okay, you could choose Barrett or Aerith here. It gives you sort of a locked-in set of people that you could play with. That way, I don't have to worry about leveling them up, like, evenly or balanced. That's something Mm -hmm. I don't care for in most uh, late-game Final Fantasy games where it's like, okay, you have a party of ten people. Have fun, and then you get to those sections very, very. And they few split off, and you have that one character you were like never going to use was level five. Yeah, yeah. that was I'm me like, with with Typo. Did you ever play Typo? I never played that one. No, uh, was that? that was. There's literally like I don't know how many students there are, but it's like thirteen or twelve mother freaking students, and you obviously pick and choose which ones are your faves based on just like combat style. Um, and then like later on, it asks you to like pick X amount of parties to. Or X amount of people to be one party and X amount of people to be this other party, and you like you're like okay, well I'm you put all your strong characters in one and like you have more than like yeah, it's a mess. So well, that I happened get it. to me in the original Final Fantasy VII. There's a scene where you have to be uh, Barrett and Kate Sith. I think are the only two party members you have. Barrett, I was fine with, but I never used Kate Sith 
at all because I hate Kate Sith. I hope they make him better in remake in part two. But uh, he was like level I don't know ten, and Barrett was fifty. So I, I I got trounced, of course. So I'm glad that this game sort of like guides you through, like okay, you mm-hmm. can use these characters for these specific moments. You don't have to worry about level. And you're gonna them get over evenly. it exactly. And Barrett yeah. kind of scales with you too. So. That I much prefer that, or, or a persona method where your characters are also leveling up in the background, so you don't have to worry too much about what's going on with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's gonna good do game. It game, good game, good game, great game, absolutely. Um, let's jump into story, which is a, a good, good chunk of what this game is all about. Before yeah. we do, I want to say. For the start of it, I'm g- we're going to try to avoid spoilers for the most yeah. part. If it gets to a point where either me, Austin, or TJ cannot contain ourselves, we will give you fair warning to GTFO, and then we will continue with <laughs> yeah. our there spoiler uh, review here. So for now, you're good. You'll you'll get a warning when, yeah. when we get there, okay? But don't get too excited. Exactly. So uh, story for... For the most part, it is what we know and love from the original Final Fantasy VII. Very honestly recreated here. You you hit a lot of uh, what you see in the original game. It is a part one, like we've been saying. Yeah. You only get the Midgar section of the original Final Fantasy VII. They plan to continue this story in a part two and probably a part three as well, where you get the rest of it. It's about a 50-60, 50-hour experience that is purely set in Midgar. The reason that I was saying earlier that uh, there was a couple filler chapters is because they had to make like a 50-hour JRPG of what in the original game was a three-hour experience of just Mm -hmm. this one little town. Not little, it's a big town, but there's not a lot to it in the original game. So uh, they had to pad that out, it seemed like, with stuff like lighting the lamps under uh, the plates or... I don't know, going to the sewers for a second time. Yeah, Those were my only complaints with the story, but for the most part, uh, a lot of what they had here and that they added, like Jesse's chapter in Chapter 4 gave her character a lot of backstory, I thought was delightful. And one of my biggest compliments for the story is a lot of the... Um, fleshed out character moments for all of them they really nailed what these characters were all about from the original game cloud is cloud if not better tifa is tifa um they and expanding some of the characters we didn't get too much time with in the original game jesse biggs and wedge are phenomenal characters yeah they are central figures absolutely and they got like two seconds of screen time in the original game barely characters honestly i think that's amazing I feel like I should also mention this because you both have very clearly shown yourselves to have like played, experienced Final Fantasy VII, the original. I had not. Um, being okay. like a big Square Enix fan in general, I know a lot uh, about it, sort of the big things in relation to it. Um, you know, Kingdom Hearts, my first introduction to I Cloud mean, when I was a youngin. So I don't expect everyone. To also, <laughs> that I was just uh, just popping out of the womb that at that time of the year. Um, so not necessarily my heyday to be playing RPGs. Um, so this was very new to me and knowing that Jesse Biggs and Wedge did not have such a big role in the original is very interesting knowing for me, they're, they are central figures. Like that's the only way I know them to be. So if I played the original, I'd be like, wait, what? (laughs) 
So believe it or not, I was in the same boat as you a year ago. My only experience with a lot of these characters was through Kingdom Hearts. That's how I yeah. knew them. And just because I was so fascinated by them in those games, I want to know more about them. I yeah. I researched a lot of stuff. I didn't spoil myself on the entirety. Same. Wikipedia of... is our friend. Exactly. I just got basics of I knew who Sephiroth was. I, I knew yeah. his deal. I, I knew a lot of this stuff. I got some of the elements of Crisis Core, so I knew who Zach. Was I did play Crisis Core years ago, actually. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's so funny. I liked that game; it was good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too, mainly for the story and uh, exactly the main character. But um, when I got to remake, I still hadn't played the original. But this mm-hmm. game and how great it was made me go and buy the original game. So I played through all of that literally a week after I beat this game. Uh, if that doesn't speak to the the quality of it, you know, whether yeah. you're going into this for the first time or going into it after having played and loved the original game, the, you're going to get something out of it. Um, you're going to be able to follow along for the most part. You might be confused in, in a couple of places if you hadn't played the original, but for the most part, um, you're getting like a, a fulfilling experience, I think. Yeah. And that's because of the quality of the writing, uh, the the characters and how they're written all this great and wonderful stuff that i'm sort of tiptoeing around because i think i think is is a good time now for me to say i'm gonna spoil a little bit here so if if you don't want to be spoiled on this game yeah sorry about get out now spoiler we we get out goodbye it's hard not to like the meat and bones of this thing is like it's the it's in the details because this game is a spoiler when you think about it this is not a remake. Here I go. Spoiler no, number one. This yeah, game is not, not a remake. It is a sequel. This game is a sequel to the original Final Fantasy VII. That's a big claim, it, Nick. Is, because that, is that your opinion? I think it's true. I mean, it has yeah. to be, right? Look at how the, yeah, this game ended. I, yes. A sequel or like a... I'm thinking an alternate timeline sort of situation. Or an alternate timeline, for sure. But... Uh, good Separate thing to from the original body, for sure. Right. Good thing to explain right now to everyone that might not know. Um, how this part one starts here in Final Fantasy VII Remake is it's the Midgar section. Cloud mm. and Avalanche and all those guys are going on a bombing run, destroying uh, the Mako reactors, which are sucking up the life energy of the planet. I can hear um, the soundtrack right now. I can see Aerith and her little soundtrack. seeing the flowers, the... The glowing, right. oh, beautiful. And you meet this cast of characters, you go on an adventure, you hear whispers about this enigmatic figure, Sephiroth, who's like fucking shit up, being the bad guy, right? Except Sephiroth yeah. in this game has a much, much bigger role than he did in the Midgar section of the original game. Sephiroth mm-hmm. is like toying with Cloud a lot here. He's, he's yeah. appearing to him, teasing him about the Nibelheim incident where he burned the whole yeah. town down, killed his mom, right? Yeah. Saying The oh, chip Cloud. on his shoulder. Yeah, you gotta join me, Cloud. You gotta do all this stuff. <laughs> Literally not- that, though. Like, that's not a bad impression. He very much, like, has an ASMR vibe to his, oh, absolutely. his presence. <laughs> Just how they designed his lips. You know that's what they were going for. <laughs> I mean, what, what else is it gonna be? Yeah. I know. But there's also these uh, ghosts hanging around everywhere as well they were not speaking of whispers fantasy seven yeah the whispers or the plot ghosts as people like to call them because because that's what they are right throughout the game in uh remake 
there's deviations, like little, little tiny deviations from the main plot of what most mm-hmm. people know to be Final Fantasy VII. And they're there to readjust everything, to make sure everything goes back to normal. Like um, if Aerith is sticking around with Cloud for longer than she's supposed to, they're there to interject and be like, no, fuck off. Cloud needs to go away now. Mm-hmm. Fixing the plot of the game. Um, And you see Sephiroth sort of aware of that as well, where until the very end, it culminates after you, you know, you get rid of President Shinra, you uh, raid the Shinra building, all this stuff, uh, go through Uh. the highway. You have to actually murder the Whispers who are this entity of fate. Yeah, which are literally trying to fix the. You're plot like literally you're bringing me back from. in the middle of it right now. I'm feeling anxious. I'm like, it's oh my crazy. god, the stakes are so high. So <laughs> yeah, you because you think that they're evil and they're fucking with you and what you're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing, you they're kill scary them. as shit. Has anyone they're... ever seen Harry Potter and the fucking? Um, oh my god, <laughs> the fucking Dementor. The, the Dementors. That's literally what <laughs> that's they what look they like, are. and those are yeah. not nice. Yeah. So that's pretty accurate. At the end of the game, you wipe them out, and that's when fucking Sephiroth descends and fucks yeah. with you even more. Dun, dun, he literally dun, dun, has dun, control dun, of fate dun, now dun. because you killed them. Um, so that's why I'm thinking this is a sequel because Sephiroth is hyper aware of this stuff yeah. throughout Remake. So a lot of people are theorizing that Sephiroth has come from the future the past from somewhere in advent children sephiroth who has oh. knowledge of what happens to him he knows there is a timeline where i have died to these people i need to go back and readjust some things so he yeah. has you kill fate he takes control of it so oh this so shit you think we were working in his him. hand Right. Uh, no, that's, I always want to think that we're we're doing. That's the, right the working thing. theory here, and there's also a theory that Aerith <sighs> knows what's going on with these okay, whispers yes. as well, because they've yeah. drop fed information to her throughout the game too. Yeah, you know well, I mean? she's like she's like literally connected to the Earth, and I think the like it's very much implied that these whispers are like of the Earth, um, and doing their best to keep things on track, as you were saying. Right. Um, and also to kind of go back just a little bit with you saying like there's constantly like these little moments where it's jumping hints that things are not exactly what they're supposed to be. Um, one of the first moments that things are really screwy is when not the first time you meet Aerith because that's a very quick engagement, but the second time you meet her in the church, um, they have an exchange and Cloud sees this flashing image in his eyes. Um, and it's of a very pivotal scene in the overall Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, not just part one story, but just the grand overall story that we will eventually see. Um, showcasing to us that there is definitely something bigger going on. Like, bigger than even what these characters are aware of. Um, bigger than what was planned for these characters. That sounds all very cryptic and it's because it's pre- presented very much as cryptic. Absolutely. Um, it's 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 the shit that makes me love JRPGs. Like I love I'm not going to call it convoluted because I'm not going to give people the fucking pleasure. But when things get trippy with like reality and like playing with understanding and like timelines i'm like yes it's this wacky is it. and it's hard it's to so like cool. get all these pieces of information together but i love that about jrpgs oh, just how much of a figuring it out process it all yeah. is you know you Which, into that tj what's up are you into that like uh like what, what what are your feelings on like the the classic sort of 
JRPG, like super complicated storylines. Oh, I love that. Like my favorite game of all time is Tales of Symphonia, and that's one hundred percent. I've never played that all the way through, but I want to really bad. I've got to play it, all those games. It's so convoluted, but like it's so good. Nice. Like I just love the Tales series in general. So like definitely, when things start getting like crazy, and then like you're going like intergalactic and different dimensions, and like yeah. Stuff gets trippy. Enemies, like, yeah. turn over and all this other stuff. Like, I love it. Plot twists. Were you surprised by how uh, Remake was laid out with its plot? Or were you kind of suspecting that going into it, that they would change some things up? Um, I thought they were going to change some things up, but I didn't think they were going to do it in that way. Right. <laughs> like, obviously, they had to do something to keep people, like, interested. Because, obviously, like, the purists were going to look for their favorite parts. But nobody really wants to play the exact same game, but with right. new graphics. That's the thing, exactly. Like I think it's best of both worlds here. For ninety percent of this video game, it is the Final Fantasy VII that those purists know and love, like to a T. Everything is the same, but for the people that wanted something new, something to look forward to, something fresh. They gave you that extra ten percent of there is something going on here, something mm-hmm. new. What, which I think is brilliant, a sequel, beautiful you know? moment. They definitely took everything that people loved about the original and just built upon it, which is what remakes should be doing. Exactly, it's not a remaster; it is a remake. Absolutely, it should be new stuff. I think I'm totally on board with that. One, one more big element here, um, and this is a major spoiler, not just for this game, but for the future of these games. So, again, final warning: this is huge. Uh, there is a character <laughs> Get at the out end of now. this game. Yep, a character in this game uh, that we see, Zack, who is a mm-hmm. huge part of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, he has a certain specific fate. He dies. He's supposed to die. Um, yeah. he died in Crisis Core. He Which is, is important present. to Cloud's narrative, who is the central figure of Final Fantasy VII. Exactly, Cloud sort of when Zack dies, kind of absorbs his yeah. personality. He is he is the one that takes on the responsibility the you know the destiny that sort of thing right cloud is cloud because of what happened to zach to zach exactly um but because you killed the fucking plot ghosts at the end of this game (laughs) zach does not die zach stays alive and we see a scene with him where he survives the final battle of his game and he drags Cloud out of there and they start walking over to Midgar everything's hunky dory zach's alive um, and then we see a bag flow by with uh, the cover of a dog called Stamp, which is a different uh, rendition of the Stamp dog that we see throughout the entirety of Final Fantasy VII Remake. He keeps coming up like, oh, yeah, that's the dog Stamp. He's leading us somewhere that's yeah. Stamp. It's a secret, uh, like, it's a secret like underground code for Avalanche. Right, which is a completely different design in the base game versus what we see in that final cutscene. So now people are thinking Zack is alive in a different timeline created by destroying the ghosts. Yeah. So you caused this essentially. Yeah. And now people are like, how does he work into this at yeah. all? Are we because gonna get separate scenes with Zack now in part two? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Um and I think one major part of that, um we all know Cloud for a multitude of reasons, but one of the biggest symbols of him is his sword. You know what I mean? And Zack bequeathed that sword to Cloud, and it's yeah. like, 
now they both have this sword at the same time somehow. I know. Um, I'm really interested to see how it progresses. That was that was my first thought. I was like, okay, you can have Zack be alive, but if Zack still has that dang sword, because why would he give it up otherwise, how does Cloud have the sword? I don't know, but I'm sure Nomura and our fantastic scenario writers will figure it out in a way that'll make me go, frick! <laughs> People are thinking maybe these two timelines will converge at some point. Like, you'll be playing through Remake in Part 2 and 3, as Cloud and the gang for the most part, and then you'll get these little sub-chapters here and there where you're playing through Zack's story now in a separate timeline, and at some point oh, they're going to come to a head maybe. Yeah. And who knows what will happen if that occurs. <laughs> but yeah, crazy stuff that we don't have answers to. But no. the entire uh, thesis of all this that we're saying is th- it has us talking about it. It has us excited for the next part, which speaks to the quality of the writing in Absolutely. this game whether you agree with everything or not it has you I, maybe <laughs> interested about what the fuck's going on right and hopefully yeah. they give us like good answers in part two and three yeah but but, but like i said for 90 percent of this game it's the original story it is that mm-hmm. not grounded but more just cloud talking with tifa the, seeing their relationship and Aerith too just very very full and unique and great characters yeah. and their interactions with each other just going to help the planet out by destroying this evil corporation, which is, for the most part, what the beginning of the plot yeah. is. Not all this grand timeline bullshit, you know? Exactly. Uh, um, and I wanted to say, before we move on, because I know we're getting there, mm-hmm. um, I think... We've, we've talked about this, Nick. Like, uh, I think this game is one of the best examples out there of uh, just a... People underestimate the narrative of games all the time. As an art form, people constantly overlook games. Um, I think... I remember playing this game for the first time and thinking to myself, this is a... This game is highly political. Like, yep. it is incredibly political. There is... There is um, there, well, first of all, there's, like, critique of capitalism. There is... There's environmentalism in this game. That's, like, the whole... That's, like, the central point of this game is that you're out to save the planet because shit is going wrong. Um, And I think that there is so much depth to this narrative. There is so much... um, There... uh, There's a lot of moments where you are... You are morally checked because... Um, in this narrative, you are a part of an eco-terrorist group called right. Avalanche. They are the ones that are trying to save the planet uh, by any means necessary. However, sometimes that includes the very beginning of the game blowing shit up. Um, a Mako reactor, which can then hurt people in the nearby vicinity. You're putting people without power. Um, and I think that that's something that is so cool to present to an audience. Um, the, the moral um, challenge of it. Uh and not many games do that um a lot more now than ever before i just i get i just get so frustrated when people like they when you say video game they're like oh atari <laughs> which is fine and fun but there's just so much no, opportunity yeah. to tell stories in this medium you more than ever before 100 percent correct and that beginning example is something that i'll, I'll touch on real quick too because i think that is a perfect way to frame it and it's something that they wanted to af- 
to frame in the original game that they just didn't have the resources quite yet to do because it's present there but a remake is such a great way to flesh all that stuff out in what game do you get to literally play as an eco-terrorist going Mm -hmm. to bomb a reactor as the opening mission phenomenal opening mission in order to you know do something that is good you're trying to save the planet and stop this company from like spreading its fumes everywhere and killing the planet you're just going about it in a way that's you know bombing it and then in chapter two you see the effects of what happens when you do that the entire uh upper plate of the near the reactor that you bombed its citizens are now running around scared because everything's on fire the reactor exploded things are falling down the highway is shut down uh kids are separated from their families right and it shoves that shit in your face like oh my god wait i did this oh yeah i don't want to be caught though time to keep moving sorry everyone and it gets you thinking like oh man this game is deep and they talk about that too the interactions between barrett and cloud like cloud says to him oh it must be real nice in that black and white world of yours and i think the other one says like oh yeah i like to live in like a gray area of morality right Uh, Mm -hmm. so they explore these themes and topics often and you're shown that through the different viewpoints of each character jesse feels awful about what she did terrible and then barrett's the leader of the group saying it doesn't matter we're doing it for a good reason we got to keep moving no matter what right um and it's just all so well written it's It's so good (laughs) our friend nick benetatos who has done he's been on this show everyone knows a few times yeah i know nick i'm gonna try to keep him pushing through this because he only played like the first couple hours he's like it's too anime for me cloud's an asshole i'm like but there's a reason for why cloud's an oh asshole my God. you just gotta keep uh, going so it's I'm a gonna, jrpg nick i know I, i'm gonna point some of this stuff out to him if he eventually goes back to it saying like okay look at this part look how this character reacts in this way do you see why that's happening now and maybe he'll be like okay yeah this is kind of cool it's not just hey benetados if you're not into the story just admit it just admit it <laughs> And I'll forgive you. See, I think he hasn't gone far enough into the story to make that judgment. But Ugh, we'll, we'll he see. needs to. Speaking of the plates, classism. But anyway, this game just has everything. Yes. I mean, the class system of this world is literally divided by the plates of Midgar. You have the upper plate and the lower plate. And guess Rich who lives where? Or, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's I so it's great. Brilliant. There's a lot going on. Anything else we're missing here? TJ, anything else you wanted to touch on? Anything at all? No, not really. I think we covered a lot. <laughs> I know. Maybe I'm just like, frick. <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully we didn't destroy any uh, any hopes of playing this game because we just we kind of went through it. We gave a spoiler warning. It's okay. We but, did. Uh, before By we the go way, into- we're back. <laughs> exactly. We're back. No more spoilers. Well, maybe a little for uh, intermission, but I'm going to briefly touch on the DLC of Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate called Intermission, which follows the story of Yuffie, another character who normally you don't see until after the Midgar section uh, in the base in the original game, 1997. But uh, for this one, they bring her back in her own little chapter uh in midgar so all this stuff is new because we've never seen her in midgar before yeah. i think this is uh, like a prequel own... to that section it's like a 
it's behind like the scenes almost. So this is definitely like yeah. how she got to be the kind of character that she is. That was the best exactly. name for it, Nick. In between equal. Because the intermission starts when Cloud falls down from the plate and he meets Aerith for the first time. Oh, really? This is where Yuffie's story picks oh. up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I thought it was going to be far more towards the end of the game. It, it goes where where does it stop it it goes till when the plate falls uh the sector seven plate falls uh down and crushes everyone so that's okay. not the end of the game but it's close to it that's sort yeah. of the space of yuffie's dlc here and i won't spoil it mm. since i know you guys maybe not have not experienced it yet but i'll just briefly say like i said the combat's really really good i think it's the best that this has ever been the story is also very solid. I think it gives you a good bang for your buck. It's twenty dollars this DLC, and um, it's about what did I say? Five six hours worth of content here. Oh, dang. bonus mini games, really fun mini games. I won't spoil what those are. Yeah. That's especially. five dollars an hour. I'd pay it. Sure, <laughs> and it's just it's a fun time. Like it really, like TJ said, shows you why she becomes a little bit to the extent of the character that she is in final fantasy seven shows you sort of what made her or makes her tick, you know, mm-hmm. um, not that she's evil or angry that I might've worded that poorly, but no, she's a little saying, annoying like, she's a f- in final fantasy seven. Oh, okay. Got it. I was gonna um, say, you're just saying she's fleshed out now. Yeah, that too. She, she is absolutely fleshed out, you know, because she's an optional character in the original game. You don't have to see her or experience her at all in this game uh yeah her really i'm so shook by all these things totally skip her never have to see her in this game uh she's fleshed out you get some backstory for her all that stuff and it's yeah it's it's very well done stick around for the end because there's a a few end credit scenes that um are very very important (laughs) and makes me very excited for for what's to come but it is a solid dlc for so you would buy the dlc is what you're saying uh if we're just talking about the dlc we haven't done our final vote for the whole package yet but yeah i mean you're the the only one here that's played the dlc exactly you're the only one that can talk the only one that has a ps5 I know. Yeah, come on. Oh. Fucking stop showing off. And those visuals and the frame rate. It's oh. amazing. 60 FPS mm. is the way to go for this game. It's just, it's unbelievable. But yes, for, for the DLC, I say you should buy just, yeah, $20 for a, a good chunk of game here in store. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, easy. That's easy that's a basic night on the corner. You'll make that in no time. Absolutely. <laughs> night on the corner. But yeah, um, before we go into a vote, does anyone have absolutely anything else to say about this juggernaut of an experience? Oh, I'm, it's just, it's such a, it's just such a good story. I think Mm -hmm. this, I don't know. It's so feel good. Like you're really getting just like, you're getting people and you're getting urgency. Um, while it's also just super fucking fun with the combat, like there's just, there's something here kind of for everyone. If you're willing to, there are some people that don't like story and, uh, gain a personality, I guess, but the gameplay really is some of the best out there. Like you were saying, Nick, like you were saying, TJ, it's so freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I absolutely loved it. Um, 
I'm so excited to see where it goes. Um, the music, the characters. I, I'm just speaking in circles, but it's just such a, uh, it's a brilliant experience. And I mean, people have been asking for it for years and they delivered with a capital, every one of those letters in delivered. Which was almost impossible to do when you think about it. This game that has been hyped up for 20 plus years. Oh yeah. Years. And the original, like people are die hard fans of that shit one of the most beloved games of all time all time yeah and not that every review has been perfect but the general consensus i'm pretty sure is that this game is is great solid yeah exactly and yeah yeah, wasn't it game of the year material like it was nominated for game of the year uh it won best music at the game was didn't animal crossing win game of the year at well at the game awards uh it was last of us two that one. <gasps> that's right. That's but right. That's right. Okay. The majority of Game of the Year at other outlets went to Hades. So it's either been Last of Us or Hades. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think we're ready for a vote. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. Okay. So, in the case of Final Fantasy VII Remake, how do you vote? So, I it's... <laughs> Oh obvious. my god! <laughs> Based on how we've been talking, you should buy this game absolutely one hundred percent. If you're a JRPG fan, get it right now. Uh, if you've already gotten it, get it again. Um, <laughs> but if you're not a JRPG fan, this combat here and this gameplay sort of brings it into a modern age where even if you're sort of like opposed to turn-based combat and stuff, this might be a good one to try. And even the story, too. I know it might sound intimidating based on all the stuff we've been saying. For the most part, it is a very, very different story that it's telling from the traditional JRPG. Um, It feels very Star Wars-y, so if you like Star Wars, maybe check this game out, you know? Um, But yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite games ever. Top 10 games of all time for me. Um, you you should buy Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, do go get it. Um, if you missed out on getting it for free, you're an idiot. Uh, but you can probably pick it up from Best Buy <laughs> oh for like God. 20 bucks. I'm an idiot. Idiot. Well, I mean, unless you already bought it. But if, if you right. bought it for full price anywhere after that, you're crazy. But you can get it for like 20 bucks at Best Buy right now. Um, but obviously, you should go pick it up. You heard it here go first. Go experience it. Go have fun. Um, it's definitely a new, it's an old classic, but it's a new classic, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, it's a legendary game Beautifully that sad. they improved upon. It's definitely, like, a new classic. You definitely need to play it, especially because they're going to be continuing the story for who knows how long. Because uh, the original game was multi-discs, um, and they only did one part for this one. So definitely pick it up, um, especially because we don't know when... They didn't announce anything for remake t- the second part yet, right? I know E3 is going uh, on for so. part two. No, yeah. the no. they have the first soldier battle royale game coming out for mobile. <laughs> I think at the end yeah. of this year. So it'll and be a while a before we hear any new information on the re- on the second. No, part. it's just they've they fully said that they're like deep in development though. Like, My, and I yeah. mean that's not much to say, but. My it's, prediction is next year E3 time we'll get an announcement and then it'll release in 2023. Oh, that's, a good that's so far anyway, away. So you got plenty of time to play this game and to beat it and to enjoy the story itself. And if you liked uh, Kingdom Hearts, pick up the game. 
Just because yes. it's the same characters you know and love. You just figure out who they are and how they operate and why they like that. And their and exactly. real names. <laughs> oh, my God. True. Yeah. Um, well, similar to old Nicky Boy here <laughs> and TJ. Um, big fan uh, overall. I think I think this is a brilliant game. I keep harking back to the story because it is just... It's so human. It's so um, it's so intimate, but also grand at the same time, which I think is a massive feat. Um, as like a, as a storyteller myself, it's something I immensely admire. It's something that I aspire to. Um, it's something that I constantly fail at achieving. <laughs> um, but it's just like it's knowing that it's possible um, makes me all the more inspired to do so. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's a fun time, and it's uh it's also a tearjerker at times. I'm not gonna lie. Um, mm-hmm. In the same way that I love Tifa so much, Aerith, I love you so much. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely a, a pickup. If you're into JRPGs, what are you doing? Not already having it? I'm low key judging you. Um, if you're not into JRPGs, uh. uh mm, Uh, 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 that's all i gotta say about that um but yeah definitely a a buy for me so in the case of final fantasy 7 remake you should buy it though yay i'm very happy unanimous vote yes tj have we had one of those in a while Uh, unanimous vote this is what like the third one this year i think third one this year i think you're right which it yeah. might be more than we had last year. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but, oh, that makes me happy. I love this game so much. I'm glad we could finally review it. It's a good it. one. Um, just real quick, guys. Who's your favorite character from, from Remake? <sighs> oh, I, yeah, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's Aerith. Just because she's, she's just such a, a sweetheart. Like, she's just, she's just kind. But she's, she also doesn't let people walk all over her which I think is great. Um, but like her kindness does take the, the front seat. It's, mm-hmm. it's so awesome. It's so great. And the way that she kind of like humanizes cloud without being super romancy, which by the way, there are some like, um, like romance, there are romance uh, elements to it. If you're into that genre of game, I forget what it's called, but if you're into that, there is some of that in this. Um, but yeah, Aerith for sure. She's just so sweet and pretty and I love her and she does. I'll magic. always simp for Tifa. That like I always like the <laughs> characters that just like go hand to hand in like RPGs because just like no one really does. Yeah. That. So they're kind of badasses. Nice. For me in remake in the original game it was Cloud because I'm basic, but in remake it's Barrett. I think they really fleshed <laughs> out his really character cool. nicely, and he's just he's so cool and lovable. <sighs> he Whoa. is. Yeah. yeah, them taking this man that's a, literally the head of an eco-terrorist group um, and, like, is super loud and proud about it. And initially you're just like, he's just doing this for fuck all. But then yeah. you find out that there are super, I'm going to say it again because I am a pretentious artist, superhuman reasons behind it, you know? Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, before we go here, Austin, can you tell everyone where we could find yeah, you? Yeah, what do you want to plug? Anywhere you oh want my- to look? God, I can be found. Can um, be found. Yeah, so you can find me uh, on most social media platforms under at Mr. Austin Adams. That's Twitter as well as Instagram. Um, 
Twitter, watch out. Got some nerdy, constant anime content on there. Like, just for, <laughs> some K-pop content. So forgive me if that's not your speed. I'll have to steal you from my <laughs> other podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm so down. Um, but yeah, at Mr. Austin Adams. Uh, made that username years ago, and it's just kind of stuck. Oh, and it's Mr. M-R, not spelled out M-I-S-T-E-R. So, Cool. And uh, on our end, we'd like to thank our patron, Jerry Benetados, for his continued support for Should I Buy It Though? Um, and you guys could check out our other podcast, Dungeons and Drimbus. Yeah. That one's going strong. Season three just dropped. Um, season three just dropped. So please go check that out. It's called Your Honor, and it is so much fun. Uh, Giancarlo yeah. wrote a wonderful story for that. If you like hearing us talk, you could hear us talk on that show in different voices. There um, it is. Featuring yeah. the new talents of Michael Pisani. Very much exactly. so. Exactly. Super exciting. Um, look at us on Patreon, especially over at Drimbus. Uh We have exclusive content over there. Uh, we have a couple Ooh, of one shots coming through. We also have a recurring season that is only for our subscribers uh, called Back to Basics. So if you want yes. that exclusive content and want to hear some behind the scenes stuff, you're gonna access to all of our after the drums and all of our spoilers and how we really felt about the games and all that. So subscribe to us, please. We need it. Video games cost money. Please do. Uh, and do. you really want to hear that back to basics because. I don't know if this means anything to anyone, but my character in that one is one of my favorites that I've personally ever voiced. So, and for the record, we've been playing. We are three seasons and multiple one shots into playing D anD. d It is the first time we actually followed the rules, so yes. <laughs> it's an interesting time. Also true, <laughs> a feat. But um, anyway, thank you all so much for listening. That was fun. Thank y'all for having me. Yes, thank you for joining us, Austin. And uh, as always, we'll talk at you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.